Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, you are so faithful. We praise you for your name. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, your name is to be hallowed. Not unto us, Lord, not unto us, but to thy name give we glory. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic in all the earth. We praise you for you are great and greatly to be praised. The great one in Zion, we exalt you. For all your works are holy and all your ways are righteous. We will praise you forevermore because you are God. Thank you for giving us your son, Jesus. Thank you for giving us your spirit. We are never the same this morning. Fill us with the knowledge of your will in our wisdom and spiritual understanding that we will walk worthy of you unto all pleasing and bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please be seated. So, um, I'm going to try to teach for... Um, about 40 minutes so please um, if there's a way somebody can alert me after 40 minutes i'll be so glad so i could spend some time ministering in the spirit hallelujah um we've been looking at prayer throughout the week and i strongly believe that prayer is uh, the most important part of a man's spiritual life and there are several reasons why every child of god must pray one reason why we must pray is because, number one, Jesus prayed. We pray because Jesus prayed. When God found himself as a man in the person of Jesus, he prayed, telling us that if Christ prayed, it's an implication upon us that we should also pray. Hallelujah. Jesus prayed before he took major decisions in his life. Jesus prayed and even angels came to strengthen him to even have grace to die for our sins. So, if Jesus prayed, then we must pray. The second reason why every child of God must pray is because prayer is commanded. Prayer is a command. I told you when the Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 18 verse 1 where it says he speak this parable to this end that men always ought to pray. We said the Greek word for ought is they which means compulsory. So prayer is a command. So we pray because it is commanded. Number three, we pray because life is spiritual. We pray because life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. In as much as we live in a physical world, the spiritual world dominates the physical world more than we think. I heard of a, an account where a man had a wedding ceremony, beautiful bride, and they had a reception. In the reception, um, they had a carpet grass set up, and they were in a throne chair enjoying themselves. They had not even gone for honeymoon. Whilst they were about to finish the um, the reception, a snake from nowhere appeared under the carpet grass and bit the man and disappeared. The man died instantly. I had an account of a student who was almost completing school and had a dream that a dog bit him. Few weeks later, he was diagnosed of leukemia. Beloved, life is spiritual. And the reason why we pray is because Prayer, 
protects our territory and our spiritual environment. Nothing is normal when you understand prayer. You don't know who is feeding your child in school. That is why you must pray. You don't know who, 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 uh, who is your colleague at work. That is why you pray. You don't know who is smiling with you and hates you in the heart. That is why you pray. So we pray because life is highly spiritual. Number four, we pray because prayer strengthens our relationship with God. We pray because prayer strengthens our relationship with God. No one can bond with God outside of prayer. And the more we spend time in prayer, our fellowship with God, our nuptial, our oneness with God is intensified. And number five, we pray because prayer empowers and energizes every Christian virtue in our lives. I repeat myself again. We pray because prayer energizes and empowers every Christian virtue in our lives. Now, hear this carefully. Now, the believer must be flourishing or overflowing constantly in divine virtues. But we need to understand that these virtues must be synchronized. These virtues must be enveloped. It must be energized through the agency of prayer. Now, for example, uh, without speaking through this microphone, my voice is limited. If someone is outside, the person can hear me. For example, you can hear me very well. What this microphone does is that it empowers my voice, energizes it so that people from afar can hear me and hear me clearly. So without prayer, you cannot be amplified. Without prayer, the love of God in your heart cannot be intensified. Divine virtues are empowered and energized through prayer. So in as much as the love of God is in your heart, it will not grow without prayer. In as much as you have faith, faith will not grow without prayer. Now hear me. Prayer is linked to every divine virtue in the life of the Christian. For example, uh, this virtue called love. Without prayer, your eyes cannot be opened to understand God's love. Are you following this? Faith, for example, the Bible says, but you, beloved, Jude 20, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. Which means that the word of God brings faith. Faith coming by hearing and by the hearing of the word of God. But prayer builds faith in our lives. There's a difference. Faith comes through the word of God. Faith is built by prayer. So it is possible you may receive faith and your faith may not grow if you don't pray. So prayer is what intensified, builds the capacity of faith in the life of a man. Are you following this? Angelic activities are limited in the life of a prayerless believer. Holiness is an impossibility without the, the potency and power of the Holy Spirit. When you check the book of Revelation chapter 5, the verse 8, you will notice the Bible tells us that angels work with the prayers of the saints, which is called the odors or the incense. 
in the book of Revelation chapter 8 from the verse 3 to 5, you'll notice also that angels are always working with the prayers of the saints. Are you following this thing? So without prayer, you give angels no work to do. So every virtue is empowered by prayer. Any Christian that wants, wants to walk in the power of God must be a believer who prays. So power cannot intensify without prayer. For example, there's one man of God who says he will never preach or hold any microphone when he has not prayed. What he's trying to say is that without prayer, his message will carry no power. I had to spend hours in prayer this morning to hold a microphone. You know why? Because power must flow through the words to be able to bring impact in the, in the hearers. Are you following this? So prayer is the vital part of a Christian's spiritual life. And we need to understand that. Amen? Now, you, you, you also need to understand that prayer and the will of God are connected. What I mean by that is that, number one, prayer is the will of God. And number two, prayer brings you into the will of God. I repeat, prayer itself as an activity is the will of God. God's will is that you pray. But not only that, number two, prayer also brings you into alignment with the will of God. You see, the best place to be in life is to be at the center of God's will. You know why? Because when you know God's purpose, when you know God's will for your life, you don't do much. You don't struggle. You don't waste time. Are you following this? I tell Christians that prayer makes life a dead match. And I'll give you an explanation. Now, assuming, unfortunately, Kenya has never qualified for the World Cup. I don't know why. So I can use you as an example. Try your best and qualify. So, for example, Ghana is, is playing Brazil. And Ghana wins Brazil two goals to one. I know it's not possible, but just, just assume. Okay. So, Ghana wins by two goals to one against Brazil. Now, when you were watching the match live, there was a lot of tensions. Because you didn't know the outcome of the game. So, you saw um, um, uh, uh, the striker coming close to the Ghana post, and then you were scared. Like, oh, gee! Oh! Oh! The next time you realized, oh, Ghana was going to score. All of a sudden, Ghana scores a goal. You were shouting, goal! And Ghana won by two goals to one. The next morning, your best friend was watching the same match, and you were seated. And he didn't watch it, but you watched it. Are the reactions the same? He is tensed. You are what? You are relaxed. You know why? Because you know the outcome of the game. So when he's shouting, you are smiling. That's the difference between Christians who know the will of God for their lives and Christians who don't. When you are aware, when you know the will of God, life becomes a dead match. So despite the tensions, despite the challenges, you are still calm. You know why? Because you've seen the future in time. I'm teaching with you. So prayer brings you into alignment with the will of God. And if you don't pray, hear me. This is good. Prayer is a time traveler. Prayer is a time traveler. Prayer is an agent that goes into your future, prepares, clears, cancels, moves, puts things in place before you arrive. 
I repeat myself again. Prayer is a time traveler. When you pray, you go ahead of time before time and you put things in place, arrange, rearrange and put things in order before you get there. So hear me, if you don't pray, your future is uncertain. When you don't pray, your future is uncertain. This morning I bring to you fivefold anatomy of effective praying. That's my message. The fivefold anatomy of effective praying. Ephesians chapter 6, the verse 18. The fivefold anatomy of effective praying. Now the Bible says, praying always. Now note that. Now, this verse is a very powerful verse because everything I'm building in what I'm teaching you is founded on what I'm quoting to you here. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Note that. Being watchful. So, it's not just any prayer. He's talking about prayer in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 was actually the final word that Paul gave regarding Christian warfare. From Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, he says, finally my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. For we wrestle. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand day to day. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, dominion. He spoke about spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. So, in Ephesians 6, we saw spiritual warfare explained by Apostle Paul. And Apostle Paul encouraged Christians to put on the whole armor of God. He spoke about the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. The shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. The soul of the spirit, which is the word of God. Then he says, pray always. So he first tells you to put on the whole armor of God, then he tells you to pray. You know why? Because the whole armor of God put on without prayer is useless. Listen to me. Prayer is the battle itself. And hear this. The whole armor of God was not given to you for you to look like Iron Man. The whole armor of God is given to you to become a praying man. Because all those armor are supposed to be synchronized in prayer. And without prayer, your armor is useless and powerless. So here, Apostle Paul began to give us a very instructive command. Where he says, praying always. With all prayer and supplication in the spirit. As he goes on, we learn fivefold anatomy of effective praying. Number one. Number one is inspirited prayer. Inspirited prayer. So you can spell I-N- then a, a hyphen, then spirited, then prayer. How do I know this? From the same Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 18. He says, praying always with all prayer 
and supplication in in the spirit so the first anatomy for effective praying is to pray in the spirit we call that inspirited prayer now what does it mean to pray in the spirit because many believers don't pray in the spirit and if you don't pray in the spirit you will be limited in your prayer hallelujah what does it mean to pray in the spirit now to pray in the spirit means three things never forget this in your life Number one, to pray in the spirit means to pray in tongues. Anytime a believer prays in the spirit, anytime a believer speaks in tongues, he's praying in the spirit. In 1 Corinthians 14, Apostle Paul says, I'll pray with my spirit and I'll pray with my understanding also. So to pray in the spirit is to pray in tongues. Number two, to pray in the spirit means to pray by the leadings and inspiration of the Holy Ghost. It's to pray by the leadings and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. What I mean is that you to pray in the Spirit means to pray Holy Ghost directed prayers. These are prayers you don't plan. And it's one thing I love about the, the angel of God in the house. Talking about our apostle. He will just finish preaching and then he will just lead prayers that he never planned to lead. The, the, the topics were birthed out of the message. A believer can also flow in that capacity when he understands it. There are times you go in prayer and the Holy Ghost says pray only for the land of Kenya. At that time, if you start praying for your needs and wants, you are out of order. At that time, if you pray for your mother, though it is right, it is out of context. Are you following this? So, there are days the Holy Ghost leads you. Anytime you pray Holy Ghost-led prayer, you are praying in the Spirit. Are you following this? There are times you just go into prayer and the Holy Ghost says, don't pray about any topic, just speak in tongues. There are times the Holy Ghost will tell you, only worship. There are times the Holy Ghost will tell you, only make praise towards me. These are Holy Ghost directed prayers. Number three, to pray in the spirit means to pray in the energy and the power of the Holy Ghost. This is where many Christians miss it. It means to pray in the energy and the ability of the Holy Ghost. Hear me. Prayer is more stressful when you are praying alone. In Romans chapter 8 verse 26, he says, likewise the spirit help it. Help it. That Greek word for help it, it means to hold for and wait against. So the Holy Spirit holds with you, holds for you, and holds against your infirmities. So he's saying that the spirit helped our weakness. Listen, man was created weak. That is why you are not almighty. That is why you are not, you are not infinite. That is why you breathe, but God does not breathe. You need oxygen. Man was created limited. And the reason why God created us limited is so that we will learn to depend on him. So if you check your Bible, the day Adam thought he could depend on himself without God by eating that fruit so he, he, he knows good and evil to take decisions on his own. That's what, where the fell came. 
So we were created dependent beings. And for us to flow in capacities beyond our limit, we will need to glide in the power of the Holy Ghost. So to pray in the spirit also, it means to pray in the energy of the spirit. Are you following this? So listen to me. There are times you are praying and you realize you are not in the mood to pray. You don't feel like praying. Has it happened to anybody here before? Is there anybody here who always feels like praying? Just lift your hands, let me clap for you. There are days I don't feel like praying. I feel like sleeping. Then I'll just say, Holy Spirit, I'm limited. Please help me. If you know how to ask for help, you always be a champion. Yes. Anytime I am about to preach. You know, maybe I'm sure you're enjoying my message. It's not my message. There's another spirit taking over. I'm a very timid person. So I know how to beg. So before I climb the pulpit, I say, Lord, help me. Help this poor boy. Help this useless boy. Give him articulation in the spirit. Give him words. Give him instructions. Empower his lips. That's what I do before I hold the microphone. So when I take over, a spirit is now in charge. I say things I don't plan. Are you following this thing? So many Christians don't know how to do that. Listen, the Holy Ghost was given to you to be your helper. You've forgotten. Your helper. So you always ask for help. Holy Spirit, please help me to pray. Help me to pray. I don't feel like praying. Please energize me. In the book of Psalm 80, the verse 18, he says, quicken us and we will call on you. Quicken us and we will call upon you. So when believers know how to ask help, energy, power from the Holy Spirit, those believers become powerful. Listen, you may, you may think that you can't pray for 30 minutes. It's a lie. With the help of the Spirit, that same person who couldn't pray for 15 minutes can pray for 15 hours. I know what I'm saying. There's a point in prayer when I start mechanically, I know. When the Spirit starts, I know. Because when the Holy Ghost takes over my prayer, there are times I want to stop, I can't stop. There are times when I stop praying, I feel grieved in my spirit. It's like an energy I can't explain. I can just be there praying, I don't get tired. You know why? Because the spirit takes over. Listen, learn to bring the energy of the spirit. And you realize that you're doing so well in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. Number two is consistent prayer. The second fold anatomy of effective praying is what? Consistent prayer. Please don't forget this. For prayer to be effective, it must be continuous and consistent. <laughs> In Ephesians 6.18, we are reading, he says, praying what? Praying? Praying? You know, here, yeah. Praying? Always. Which means prayer is effective when it is consistent. If you pray on Monday and the next time you are praying is on Thursday, you won't be effective in prayer. Hear this bomb. Are you ready? Satan is not moved that you pray. Satan is moved that you continue praying. I repeat. Satan is not moved that you pray. He is moved when your prayer life is consistent. He can see you pray and says, okay, I mean, human beings are weak. I, I know I'm giving him just one week. 
When he sees you cross one week consistently, two weeks consistently, one man consistently, two months consistently, four months consistently, Satan will take you serious. Hear me carefully. Satan takes serious those who take God serious. The reason why you're not being worried is because you're not serious with God. So you're not on his list. Prayer was designed to be consistent. You will see effective power. You will see results in prayer when you give time, sacrifice, and consistency to it. Hear me? It's not easy to build a discipline. How many of you go to the gym the first day and the next morning you don't feel like going? Because you wake up with body pains. You're like, I don't want to go. But you see, if you want to see that muscle, you must still keep going. If you want to see that, that chest, you know, that broad chest, that, you know, you shake it like that and the women are like, whoa. <laughs> you want to see it? <laughs> Despite the pain you still go through. Have you noticed they tell you that when you go to the gym the first time and you have pain, you must still keep gymming in the midst of the pain and the consistency is what heals the pain. Likewise, you must be consistent in prayer and the very limitations that are limiting you from praying are going to become the strength you will need to push. So your weakness in prayer can be a strength when you are consistent. Listen, it is better to pray 15 minutes consistently for 6 months than to pray three hours and not continue after two days. So start slowly. God is not in a, a, a hundred meter race with you. There was a Christian who heard about prayer. A man of God said he was praying ten hours. He said, Lord, my God, Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this to your glory. The first day he started ten hours. Next day he did 15 hours. Next day he did another ten hours. By the next month, he could not do even two minutes. You know why? Because he was biting more than he can chew. Start with 10 minutes if you are now starting. Because babies crawl before they walk. Start with 15 minutes and be consistent without 15 minutes. Let nothing stop it. Prayer giants were once prayer dwarfs. So God loves it when you are sincere with him. Lord, I don't have the capacity to pray like prophet Isaac. But I want to start from somewhere. And God says, yes, that's it. You got it. You got it. Come. Come. You got it. Come. You start with 15 minutes. God says, I'm pleased with you. Let's meet tomorrow morning. A time is going to come, not same 15 minutes. You didn't plan to do 20 minutes, but as you fall in love with Jesus in the place of prayer, Jesus will temper with something. You forget yourself. You realize you have done 20 minutes and you are shocked at yourself. God is beginning a journey with you. Very soon you can do one hour without stress. So prayer must be consistent. Listen, don't pray halfway through. I pray on Monday. I pray on Thursday. I pray on Thursday. I pray next Monday. You won't be effective. So prayer must be always inconsistent. That's number two. Number three. Variety prayers. <laughs> the third fold anatomy of effective praying is variety prayers. 
First Timothy chapter 2, the verse 1. Hear me. All prayers are not the same. Many believers have made a lot of errors because of that ignorance. All prayers are not the same. Now, we all know that in sports, there are different sporting activities, right? So, in sports, there is soccer. There is football. There is basketball. There is baseball. There is table, table tennis. There is long tennis. Which other ones? Volleyball. There's what? Cricket. What's Kenya's favorite game? You don't have one? What? Marathon. Yes, I know you guys love running. You don't get tired. I know those times when I was, I was watching these Kenyans. Everybody is tired and then these guys are still running. Even when they win, they are still running. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so in sports, there are different sporting activities. And surprisingly, all, all sports have different rules. The rules for football is not the same as the rules for soccer. The rules for soccer is not the same as the rules for volleyball. So every game in sports is different with different rules. Are you following that? Likewise, prayer is in varieties. In the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1, chapter 2, the verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that what? Supplication, one. What? Prayers, two. Intercessions, three. Giving of thanks for, are you seeing that these are all prayers, but they are in different capacities? Are you following this? If you don't understand variety in prayer, you will ignorantly speak and walk with God. I've seen Christians come to the place where they speak about, they speak against spiritual warfare. He said, what's all this warfare about? Why are, you, why are you dealing with powers of darkness? Leave them alone. Why are you praying warfare? Why are Christians praying and they are shaking their head like that? Are they, are they crazy? Why do you shout in prayer? When prayer is all about walking with God and saying, Lord, I thank you and I bless you and I give you praise. Prayer is all about thanksgiving. You don't understand this. You don't, you don't, you don't get it. And you are proud. Prayer is in different levels. There are different kinds of prayers. So, if you know one kind of prayer, don't speak against the other kind you don't know. And hear me, the more understanding you have on variety of prayer, the more edge and advantage you have in the spirit. Are you following this? So, listen, if you want your prayer life to be, to be interesting, if you don't want your prayer life to be boring, Learn to add variety to it. Are you following this? Variety. There is prayer of thanksgiving. There is prayer of petitioning. There is prayer of warfare. There is prayer of thanksgiving. There is prayer of worship. There is prayer of praise. There is prayer of surrender. There is prayer of submission. There is prayer of declaration. Please, are you following this? So, you will need to understand the different varieties of prayer because Apostle Paul said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. All prayers. All kinds of prayers. I've just given you some of them. 
So there's a time of prayer where you begin thanking God. And that's too powerful. I tell Christians that being thankful makes, makes your spiritual thankful. Anytime you thank God, you are filled with the spirit. It has an advantage. Prayer of thanksgiving. You thank God for the bad, the good, the ugly. The last time I checked, 10 lepers were healed. Only one came to give thanks to Jesus. And Jesus said, thy faith has made thee whole. Nine were healed. One was made whole. When you are healed, where your struggle is, is gone. When you are made whole, that means the totality of life becomes yours. That means your marriage is made beautiful. Your finances are made beautiful. Your health is made beautiful. And one person was made whole. And he calls it divate. That means thanksgiving is faith. According, according to Christian arithmetic, out of every ten Christians, only one give thanks. It's a shame. So many Christians are bitter with God, but they don't want to tell him. So many Christians are so ungrateful because they are waiting for big things when they are not thanking him for small things. The same God that gave you 500 shillings is only testing you to see how grateful you are that he can prepare you for something big. And many Christians, because they don't understand the different varieties of prayer, they limit their prayer lives and it's, it becomes boring. Are you following this? So add variety to your prayer. Number one. Number four. Persistent prayers. Persistent prayers. Persistent prayers. Now Luke chapter 18. The verse one. Till about six. Now follow this very carefully. Because this is where a lot of Christians miss Remember, I'm teaching you on the fivefold anatomy of effective praying. If you want your prayer to be effective, follow this teaching. He says, and he spoke a parable. You have to move it very fast for me, okay? He spoke a parable to them to this end that men always ought to pray and not faint, yeah? He says, saying there was a certain city, a judge, who did not fear God nor regard man. Uh -huh. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. Follow he says, and he will not for a while, but afterward he sent within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, uh-huh, yet because this widow what troubles me, I will avenge lest by her continual coming she weary me. <laughs> Next verse. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, uh-huh. And shall the God and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out what day and night to him, though he bears long with them? Next verse. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find? This is interesting. He used persistence interchangeably as faith. When the son of man can, will he find persistent man? Continuous coming on the earth. Listen, he says persevering in according to Ephesians 6.18. There is something that many Christians have not caught yet in the spirit. We call it patience in prayer. Listen, there are times you will have to pray for two years to receive answers. 
I've seen Christians pray for two months and they say it, it doesn't work and they stop praying. You don't have faith. That is why you stopped. If you know God answers prayer, you will continue praying. That's why it's faith. Sometimes you pray as though God is not minding you. It's not because he's not minding you. He's testing you. He's seeing whether you are trusting him. And you will have to be persistent. There was a man called George Muller in the early 80s who prayed close to 50, 52 years for the salvation of his three brothers. And they all got saved. Whoa. Someone says, man of God, if it's 52 years, I'm out of Christianity. Hear me? You will learn to be, to be persevering in prayer. You ask God for the same thing over and over and over and over and over. You have to pray for church growth over and over and over. You have to pray concerning that baby over and over and over. And this is where many Christians stop. In the book of 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 42. The Bible tells us that Elijah prayed seven times before he saw the cloud. And even that one, it was like the fist of a hand. He prayed and sent the servants, go and check. He says, there's nothing. He prayed again, go and check, there's nothing. Prayed again, go and check, nothing. Prayed again, go and check, nothing. On the seventh time. What if Elijah stopped on the second time? And that's what many Christians have done. Please, don't stop praying that prayer topic. Don't stop it. God is testing your resolve. He's testing whether you trust him. Keep praying for the salvation of that, that boy. That boy who has gone wayward. Don't give up on him. Keep praying for him. Your husband is messing up. Cheating with all kinds of women. Don't fight him. It won't work. For by strength shall no man prevail. Go on your knees. Your strength is on your knees. Your strength is not on your mouth. Your strength is not on abuse. Your strength is not on insults. Your strength is on your knees. And keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. One time something will burst forth. Something will change. Keep praying and not give up. Daniel prayed, fasted for 21 days before an answer came. That means if Daniel stopped fasting and prayer on the second day, the angel was arrested by the prince of Persia. Maybe because, uh, maybe you've been praying for some time now, there's no resolve. In the spirit, there's a battle going on and God is saying continue. As you are continuing, as you are tarrying, as you are persistent, there is something going on in the spirit there is a battle being fought and your prayer is bringing reinforcement but you don't know Daniel fasted for 21 days and on the 21st day the angel came you know what he said he said from the first day you decided to seek God the answer was given by the prince of Persia it will, it will help me for 21 days and as you were kept praying, there was reinforcement. Angel Michael, the angel of war, was released. I see someone praying and releasing Angel Michael. The angel of war is coming through for you now. This morning I prophesy on the next 20 people and I declare upon your life that the angel in charge of war is fighting some battles in the spirit. Marital battles are being fought. Financial battles are being fought. And God is giving you the armor of victory. So you will continue. You will continue. Sometimes you weep, but you have to continue. 
in the book of Isaiah chapter 62, the verse 7 and 8. 6 and 7, sorry. 6 and 7. He says, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall not hold their peace day nor night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent. Next verse. He says, and what? Give him no rest. Some of you are giving God rest. Listen. Listen carefully. Give God no rest until he has given you rest. Worry God. Bang on the doors of heaven. Says your daughter is here banging, shaking, knocking, asking. If it doesn't come, the next day you come back, you bang again. 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 He says, give him no rest until he has established Jerusalem as a praise upon the earth. Listen, don't easily give up. Most of you easily give up on prayer after one week, after two weeks, after three weeks. Listen, when you are walking with God, you need to have a big heart. Because God does not live in time, but you do. So when a man who lives in time is walking with a God who does not live in time, you need to take time. And the proof of your faith is that you continue in prayer. Hallelujah. Number five. It's intercessory prayer. Ephesians 6.18. <laughs> Thank you, Father. He says, Watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That means the fitfold anatomy of effective praying is intercession. The effectiveness of your prayer is not or will not be in place when intercession is out of place. I told you the, the other day in Job chapter 42, the verse 10. <laughs> this verse you are seeing there is real. Any intercessor here, don't give up. Listen. Intercessors are God's errant men. They are God's workers. There are two kinds of missionaries. The missionaries on the field and the missionaries on their knees. There are people who will not go to Uganda to do missions. But they are on, on their knees. That means their prayer in Kenya is going to Uganda in one room. And people don't know that it's the prayers of the saints that empower missionaries on the missionary field. So many Christians don't understand. Listen, you can be in Kenya and your presence can be registered in Pakistan through your prayer. Your prayer does not have limitations. Your prayer can go to the U.S. Your prayer can go because, you know, the words you speak in prayer, they are not flesh, they are spirit and life. It has no boundary. Your prayer can go to your boy who is in the state studying abroad. Your prayer can go to your father who is outside the country battling with cancer. Your prayer has no boundary. Your Prayers does not need check in. When you understand the power of intercession, the difference between the then Christians and the now Christians is intercession. Too many Christians love to pray only for themselves. Me, myself, and my family only. 
you will not be effective in prayer. Because even Jesus, in John 17, before he, he died, he prayed for the whole world and even prayed for disciples. And the Bible says in Hebrews 7, 25, that he ever lived to make intercession for the saints. That means every intercessor is on the heart of Christ. And every child of God was called as an intercessor. There are people who are giving special grace for intercession. But every believer is called to be an intercessor for his generation. Your prayer life will never change until you are an intercessor. Can I tell you something? If you want to learn how to pray for long, you have to switch from selfish prayers to kingdom prayers. Anytime you keep praying only for yourself. Now, if you want to ask God for a car, you want to ask God for a house, you want to ask God for promotion, how many minutes do you need to ask him for that? Do you need three hours to ask for a house? You see, so any Christian complaining, I can't pray long. Your problem is that the prayer focus is you. Can I help you? If you start praying for your president, the leaders of the nation, all the great men of God in this land of Kenya, you have their names in your prayer diary. For your information, if you want to be effective in prayer, you must have a prayer diary. You record prayer topics. You pray for the homeless. You pray for hungry and starving children. You pray for those who are battling with cancer in the hospital. You pray for children in the accident center or in the labor ward. You pray for pregnant women. Imagine you're doing all this prayer and give one minute each. You are praying for your husband. You are praying for your children. You are praying for all your family members, the ones you know and the ones you don't know. You are praying for international issues. You are praying for Russia and Ukraine. Do you know what you are betting in the spirit? God is excited. Because listen, when you are thinking about yourself, God is thinking about the world. For God so loved the world. There are people going through problems, struggles, and Jesus is weeping. He's looking for an intercessor. He's looking for someone to stand in the gap to say, Jesus, heal that child because there is a legality in the spirit. Until men give God permission to intervene on earth, nothing will happen. There's some of you, God woke you up at 2 a.m. All of a sudden, you don't wake up at 2, but suddenly you were up at 2, and you sense like praying, and you said, no, 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 I'm sleepy, and you slept again. The next morning, you said, your mom is dead. Do you blame God? Hear me. Intercession is one of the powerful ways of intensifying prayer capacity. Be an intercessor. Learn it from today. Never end prayer without praying for somebody. Yes, I'm telling you. In my prayer room, I have pictures of the 10 most powerful people in the whole world. I have their pictures there. I pray for missionaries across the world. Their pictures are there. I pray for hungry and starving children. I pray for, for, for drug addicts. I pray for gamblers. I pray for occults and witches. But unfortunately, when they mess up with me, they die. Because Apostle Paul was a mentor. The prayers of the church brought light upon him and he got born again. So hear me. You pray. You pray. You pray intercessory prayers. Now a time is going to come. You lose consciousness of time. I heard the account of one man called Praying Hyde. Praying Hyde was a man who gave himself to hours of prayer. And that prayer began to grow into more prayer. He prayed at the point until his heart shifted from the left to the right. 
and he was taken to the hospital and the doctor said he's supposed to be silent for about three years before it, it comes back to normal. He went back again and went to groan in the spirit and the heart came back. That was how effective he was in ministry. There was one man called um, um, David. I've forgotten his full name. But he's called David. One great man who was a missionary to India. This guy went to India. And when he went there, he didn't understand their language. And yet he's supposed to preach. He went indoors. And as he prayed, God brought him an interpreter who was a drunkard. And yet, after that crusade, thousands gave their lives to Christ. Listen, no matter how difficult the situation is, if you can give yourself to prayer, something will shift. I love, I love this, this man called David. This man prayed one day in the snow. He prayed unto the intensity of the prayer brought sweat. And that sweat melted that snow. Look at that. The Indians in his community wanted to kill him because of his effectiveness. So one day they plotted. A gang came and they made an arrangement. They came to the tent where he, he was. And they wanted to kill him. And they saw that he was in tears praying for their souls. And as he was praying, a cobra entered into the tent. And the cobra was just moving. And the cobra lifted up his head looking at him face to face. The moment the cobra looked into his eyes, the cobra left and took to his heels. And they had not seen that before because they knew that kind of cobra would kill you. Since that day, they all gave their lives to Jesus. I love it. There's one man of blessed memory called Apostle Joseph Babalola in Nigeria. This was a man who gave himself to prayer. He can hide himself for 40 days fasting and prayer. Until the man one day prayed until his sweat became a pool in his, on his knees. He prayed one time until he was filled with the spirit of prayer. He went home one day and they told him to bless food for them to eat. He laid his hands on the food. It was two hours. It was three hours. It was 10 hours. It was 15 hours. It was 24 hours. It was 30 hours. It was 32 hours. By the time he came out from the spirit, the food was not there. People had changed their clothes and some had gone to work. There was a time he prayed until when it was time for praises. Whilst they were praising God, he was levitating, he was ascending the spirit and the church members put him down. If I'm going up and you put me down, I'll curse you. He prayed in the wilderness one time and when he was done, he was thirsty. And he commanded water to come from a rock. And the water came out. Up to now, when you go type Apostle Joseph Babala Mountain Water, go and check it. You're going to see it. Oh, there it is. The water is still there. A man of prayer. There was one time he prayed in the bush until he felt an animal crawling upon him. When he opened his eyes, it was a big serpent. And the Lord says, continue. Don't look at it. He kept praying. prayed for hours. By the time he opened his eyes, the serpent had dried up on his body. Listen to me. There is power in prayer. The man became so powerful that one time he entered the town and blessed the river. Anybody that uses that river was healed. Within four months, they had dried up the river. Pray, man! And did it. 
pray, man. There was one man called E.M. Bounds. E.M. Bounds was 40 years, but he was looking 80 years. You know why? He gave himself to prayer. Between 4 to 11 hours, constantly, every day, birthing prayer. Listen, people have prayed though. There's an account of a group of people called the Moronvian Brothers. Go and check them. It's called the Moronvian Movement. They prayed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, consistently in prayer chain for 100 years. 100 years! Every day, every minute, every hour, prayer chain. So this one finishes one hour, he goes back to go and do other things, the next group comes one hour, continuously for 100 years. It was out of the Moravian prayer that raised John Wesley. That's what raised George Whitefield. That's what raised most of the generals that we see. It was out of Moravian movement. They gave themselves to prayer. Be a praying mama. Be a praying papa. Be a praying sister. Be a praying brother. Be a praying church. Prayer will change your life. I know what I'm saying. Prayer adds glory to your life. Prayer puts favor upon you. I'm telling you, you will become so powerful when you give yourself to much prayer. You don't need. Huh? You don't necessarily need to pray for prophetic anointing when you're a man of prayer. You automatically become prophetic when you pray. You heard that? You automatically become what? Because listen, when you spend time with God, he gives you information. When you pray for people, the feedback is information. Are you getting this thing? So listen to me. From today, make a decision. I say, Lord, help me to pray 30 minutes a day. To pray one hour a day. Don't rush it. To pray 20 minutes a day. And hear me. Before you realize, that same house where there was quarreling every single day, there will be peace because a demon is capturing that family. A spirit is bringing separation in that family and you have not realized it. Something is crashing your business. You have not realized it. If you will only start praying in that shop on Monday mornings from 7 to 7.30, you'll say, Father, I take charge in this place. Every power that doesn't make sales move to this morning, I stand in the capacity of the priest and I bind every territorial power and I command that power to move out of this house, move out of my marriage, move out of my business, move out of my children in the name of Jesus. Listen to me. Within one month, you're going to see a change. You are not seeing anything because you're silent. There is someone here if your body can stand up, when you are in the room, it seems the room is very heavy and you sense the presence of another spirit in that room. Who is that person? You sense the, the presence of another spirit in your room. So your room is always heavy. So sometimes you want to check if somebody's there. Who is that person? How long has that been? Yes, in your room. Yeah. Good. When you go home today, open your window and say, you foul spirit in the name of Jesus, I know who I am in Christ. On the authority of Calvary power and resurrection power, I command you to get out of my room. Just do that. 
You know why? Because that instruction I gave to you prophetically carries power. And from today, it is over. Can you rise up on your feet? You want to pray and ask God to intensify your prayer power. And hear me, when we start praying, I don't want dull prayers here. You're going to pray from your heart. You're going to pray from your spirit. And hear me, you should know that anytime, if your prayer does not mean anything to you, it will not mean anything to God. So focus and pray and ask God to fill you with praying power. Lift your voice and begin to pray right now. Lift your voice and pray right now. Come on. I can't hear you now. Let the church be filled with praying men and praying women. Lift your voice. Let your voice amplify. And ask God for praying power. Ask God for praying power. Ask God for praying power. Come on, lift your voice. Something can shift in your life. Something can shift in your life.